You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Tonight, I just want to exhort us for a very short time about the journey of faith. You see, Pastor Ebele gave us a wonderful message on Sunday, and he said, Jesus died to bring us to God. How many of us remember that message? Jesus died to bring us to God. Jesus did not just die so that we could have one, a one-time experience or an experience that is fleeting. He didn't die so that we could continue to live our lives in the same way that we have lived it before we met him. He died to give us a supernatural life. There must be a difference between when we were not saved and when we were saved. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Another translation says, a life that is beyond your dreams. How many of us can actually think, fathom that? What would be a life beyond your dreams? You might think it's money. You might think it's influence. But it's what Jesus came to give you is much more than that. A life beyond the dreams. A life where you can talk with the creator of heaven and earth every day and he can talk back to you. A life that you can go and enter into the future and know that everything has been taken care of. No matter the storms or the ways that I see, everything has been taken care of. A life of dominion. Whereby in gen- the, the promise of Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says that you should have dominion over the earth. That's the kind of life Jesus brought to us. Amen. But sometimes we might know these things and we might not actually experience them. Or let me just say experience them at all times. Do you understand what I'm saying? Has there ever been a time that some things have happened to you and you've said, this thing ought not to be happening to me because I'm a child of God? Any witnesses? If you have ever had any experience like that, I can tell you that you are not alone because we, we see Jesus, we have received Jesus by faith. But the disciples were with Jesus for three and a half years and they had a situation at that point in time, that they asked themselves the same question. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew. Media, are you with me? Media. Matthew chapter 17. We're going to be reading from verse 14. Okay, from verse 14, and okay, let's read from here. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to them, kneeling, came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now let me give us a little synopsis on this. At this point in time, Jesus had already, had already gone to the mountain. And then a man had a challenge with his son. His son was an epileptic. And from what we can see from this verse, we see that the man obviously was looking for Jesus at that time. And he didn't see Jesus. So he said, okay, if I haven't seen Jesus, 
at least I have seen these men, I've seen these women, these boys and girls that follow Jesus. Obviously, what is operating in Jesus must have rubbed up on them. Are we making sense? Because he, if he didn't believe that they could do it, he wouldn't have brought that child to them. He says that I brought him to your disciples, but they could not. They could not. The fact that the fact that we're having proximity with somebody doesn't mean that the same spirit is flowing or the same ability is flowing between you and that person. There must be an interchange. Now let's continue. Then Jesus answered and said to them, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. Everybody say, one time. One time. It came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And for some of us here, we might have had so many messages and we might have had a wonderful time in worship. And then we say, I left HOD. I, I was blessed in HOD. But when I went to pray for my sick neighbor, I prayed for him believing that he would get healed. And the next thing I heard that they rushed him to hospital. I prayed, God, give me the rent money that I, 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 I need. And then tomorrow when the landlord has chased me out of the house, why could we not cast it out? You see, that kind of situation is asking a question. And sometimes questions are very important because from time to time we need to take stock of ourselves and understand and ask ourselves, do we really have this kind of abundant life that God said we have, that Jesus said we have? Now it's very easy, very, very easy. And, some, and in the past, I've fallen into that trap to say probably God has blessed some Christians more than others. It's very easy to fall into the level of comparison and say that guy is more anointed than me. That guy, that lady has been given a special assignment and I have not been given a special assignment because I'm not holding the mic or because I'm not, I'm not teaching membership class. There are some things that this person can do and I cannot do. It's very easy to think like that. But that's not what the word of God teaches us. When Jesus, anybody that has been saved, if you have had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, the same salvation he gave to one, he gave to all. And he gave you something. He gave you faith. Somebody say faith. Somebody say faith. Let's read Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This a measure, this is not the translation that is in KJV. In KJV, it is written the measure of faith. In KJV, it's written the measure of faith. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a born servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have obtained like precious faith with us. In 2 Peter, Peter was talking to Christians and he was saying, I'm talking to thousands of Christians and I'm saying, look, I am an apostle. I saw the Lord Jesus Christ. I was with him. But you that you did not see him, 
we obtained a, a like precious faith. In Greek, that meaning of like precious means of equal honor and of equal value. So don't look at me as if I, am, I have a faith more than you. We have the same faith. And what is the faith that we have? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. The, the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. For many years, I used to misconstrue that, misconstrue that verse and think that it was faith in the Son of God. It's not in the Son of God. It's of the Son of God. Of the Son of God. Meaning there's one faith that was delivered to you, delivered to me, delivered to Pastor Shola, delivered to Apostle Seman, delivered to... Graham Bonke delivered to everyone that was born again. One faith. Just one faith. It's the same faith. If you follow that other story again, Jesus told them, he said, because of your faith. But later he now said, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So God gave every one of us the same D measure of faith. And God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't look at you and say, you, you are the special one, and you, you are not the special one. You, you are, from, you are from this tribe. I'm not going to give you this level of faith. No, you, I'm going to give you this level of faith. No. He said he's not a respecter of persons. He gave every one of us the same measure of a D measure of faith. But Peter shows us how everyone can have that measure of faith but everyone doesn't use it in the same way. All of us don't use it in the same way. All of us don't walk on our faith in the same way. In that same Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, I read, And also for this reason, okay, let's, let's project it, please. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. We're going to read verse 8 together, but I'll start from verse 5. For this reason, giving all diligence add to your what? Do you see? When you're building a house, you start from the foundation. You start from the foundation. Faith. Faith is the foundation. And it is the faith of God that he's talking about. He said, add to your faith virtue, and virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Now let's read verse 8 together. One, two, go. If these things are yours and they abound, you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The meaning of barrenness means not able to produce. You have something in you, you've planted a seed in the ground. When they say a land is barren, that means I've put something there. I've put a seed there. But the seed, the seed is not, the land is not able to produce. So Peter has already told us, he said, look, if you have these things and they are growing in you, there will never be a time that you are supposed to manifest the power of God that you won't be able to manifest it. Is somebody getting something this evening? And Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says, in the latter part, it said, the just shall live by his faith. He didn't, say, he didn't, he, he, he didn't just say, the just shall live by faith. He said, the righteous shall live by his faith. So something has been given to all of us we have the responsibility to develop it and to make it work. And when we develop it and make it work, the faith that is in us, that those are the results that we are going to be seeing. That's why I say, you just shall live by his faith. You are going to, your life will be experiencing the faith that you have, that it has been personalized to you. Amen. 
Amen. So, let's debunk that. Nobody has been given special faith. Yes, there's the gift of faith, you know, as, as a gift of the Spirit. But when you became born again, all of us received the package of faith. I want to say that faith is not what we use to get things. For some of us that don't really study the Word of God, we think that when I need money, I put on, I bring out the card of faith. When I need to get a job, I bring out the card of faith. Faith is not what we use to get things. Faith is our life. It's our life. We don't only use faith to get things from God and to bring down manifestations from heaven. We use faith to say no to sin. We use faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it said the parents by faith, the parents of, of Moses disobeyed the king. They disobeyed the king because they saw that this was no ordinary child. The Bible says that by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a while. So in the book of Hebrews, maybe when you get home, you can check it. It chronicles different experiences of faith. Let's come to the level and understand that faith is not to get things. Faith is our life. It's the life that God has given to us. We worship by faith. We obey God by faith. We live by faith. We do our work in the office and in our businesses by faith. We trust God by faith. Faith is not to get things. Faith is our life. Our life. It's everything about us. Amen. Is somebody getting blessed? Are you learning something tonight? I want us to go to Genesis chapter 22. Just to show us a typical example of Abraham. We're going to look at the father of faith, Abraham. Now, for some of us that know the story, we know that Abraham was a man in his father's house and God just appeared to him and told him, come out of your father's house. And I'm going to make you a father of many nations. At a particular time, God came to Abraham. He didn't have a son. And then he told him, I'm going to give you a son. And then Abraham laughed. He said, ah, you want to give me a son? Have you looked at me? Have you seen my wife? Okay, yeah, maybe you think she's still sweet 16. She's not. And God still gave him a son. Genesis chapter 22. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, by faith. Remember what I said? Faith is not what we used to get things. Faith is our life. It's our lives. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, by faith, Abraham offered his, his son, his son to God to be born as an offering. It's there. So let's take a look at the story itself. Genesis chapter 22. If you are with me, say amen. Genesis chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, who you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, remember what I said. I said, the Bible says that 
For a long time, Abraham had believed God for a son. He knew that it was not possible in his own body to receive a son. And God came to give him a promise. And then God brought that promise to pass. Now, I want you to run your mind through what I'm going to say. God, Abraham finally got his son. He must have loved him so much. Played with him. Played with him. Watched him while he was suckling at his mother's breast. Then took him around, you know, took him around to different things and all that. Chap, you know, grew with him. And then one day, God comes to tell him, that son that you have, go and sacrifice him. It's very easy for us to think that, oh, okay, he said you should sacrifice his son. But what was God telling him? God was telling him, kill your son. Kill the dream that I gave to you. Kill the answer that I gave to you. Kill it. And not only kill it, I don't know whether you all know the meaning of, of burnt offering. No? Okay, I think it's women that will know the meaning of burnt offering. That will have an example. An example of burnt offering is when you have forgotten your chicken that you are cooking for three hours. Then you go back and look at the pot. What do you see? You say, you see, but <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Or for people that are still that are still in, in university, when you have forgotten your beans, you went to bath and then you were gisting, 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 talking about how, how Man City flogged Chelsea. And then you go back and then you look. And the first thing that comes to you is <laughs> it's a worship of smoke. <laughs> You understand? That's why we talk about burnt offering. So what God was telling Abraham, I don't want you to just kill your son. I want you to burn him up. I want you to burn him up. The Bible says in the next verse, the Bible says, then early the next morning, Abraham took his servants and the son and went up to, to Moriah. Now I want to say something between verse 2 and 3 and... I hope and I believe that it will set somebody free. You know, some people believe that Abraham didn't show any emotions. He just, as soon as, as God told him, go and kill your son, then Abraham said, yes, sir, and just went to go and kill his son. You understand? The Bible said, the Bible was, was detailed to record early the next morning. I believe that Abraham loved that son so much. He did. And probably in his mind, he was wondering what's going on. He probably could have cried because he knew he couldn't disobey God. Emotions came out. The Bible didn't say so. I'm saying it. And why do I say it? Because when Jesus Christ came to Lazarus' tomb, and his sister said, Lord, if you have been there, my brother would not have died. The Bible says what? Jesus wept. Jesus that had the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost flowing through him 24-7 wept. But he went ahead. Some people think that when you are experiencing emotions that you are not walking in faith. Personally, I don't think so. The Bible says that early the next morning he rose and went about to do what God told him to do. Some people might not be emotional. And that's fine. That's okay. But if you are emotional about anything, it doesn't mean you've lost faith. Subject your emotions to the word of God. Subject your instructions to the your emotions to the instructions of God. Jesus, even though he wept, yet he still went and said, Father, I know you hear me always. And still, in spite of those that grief, he said, Lazarus, comfort, and he came forth. Because you are walking in emotions, that doesn't mean that God has, has said you don't have faith. 
Faith does not deny your emotions. But faith goes ahead instead, in spite of your emotions. So, if you don't feel like crying, that's fine. Whenever you are facing a challenge. But even if you mistakenly have a bit of fear or a bit of grief, go in spite of those emotions. Follow the word of God. I want to tell you one thing. You see, it's, it's seen that fear is the opposite of faith. And I want you to think very well about what I'm about to say right now. The power of fear only works in two directions. Only two directions. If you think about any fear you have ever had in your life, it only flows in these two directions. Number one, you are alone and there is no help for you. Number two, God will not do what he said he would do. Subject any fear you have ever had about any other thing, about anything in your life. It falls under those two things, that you are alone. And that's why Jesus Christ, when he was about to die, he said, Lo and behold with you to the end of time. You are never alone. I want you to say, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. And God will do. Say it with me. God will do what he said he would do. You see, Abraham must have thought about something. He must have thought, this is the same God that took me out of my father's house. Even when I was not planning to come out of my father's house. He took me out of my father's house and gave me a dream of being the father of all nations. He gave me a son when I was 100 years old. And when my wife was 90. This is the same God that shot the wombs of the wives of Abimelech. Even when I was not perfect. When I lied, he shot their wombs. Because he created, he cut covenant with me. We must learn to have faith in the faithfulness of God. Do you know what the, the meaning of the faithfulness of God means? Do you know what it means? It means that God will not change. God will not lie. He's the same yesterday. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither should he repent. Once you don't have faith in any other thing, just make sure you have faith in the faithfulness of God. Even if you feel that you are, that you are not enough, let's just assume, because you are not supposed to think like that. You are not supposed to look down on yourself. But even if you get mistakenly get to that level, have faith in the faithfulness of God. Because the Bible says, I think it's in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy, he said, even when we are unfaithful, he will remain faithful. He cannot deny himself. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Have faith in the faithfulness of God. That God will not leave you. And God has not left you. And God has not finished with you. The Bible says every good, James chapter 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom there is no shadow of turning. Abraham must have pondered upon that. He must have remembered all those words and considered that if God said I should do this, it can only turn out for my good. That is why in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it says that he reasoned that God was able to bring Isaac back from the dead. Reasoning talks about the faculty of the mind. He remembered all his encounters and then he reasoned. If God did this for me, and God did this for me, and God did this for me, then he reasoned, 
God is able to bring Isaac back from the dead. Your encounters, every one of us have had an encounter with God. No matter how you think it is. It might have been as small as somebody paying for your lunch. Or it might have been as big as you putting your hand on a dead body. And the body rose up. Every one of us has had an encounter. You have had a testimony with God. Those testimonies are not only for you to rejoice, but they are stepping stones for your next victory. They are stepping stones for your next victory. That's why testimonies are important. So treasure your encounters. Treasure your encounters with God. The time is running fast. And everybody, are you with me? Are you there? Are you getting blessed? So that's Abraham. And let's, let's move on. So the Bible says in verse 3, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose. So the third day, that means they traveled for three days. He lifted up his eyes and saw the place and told the young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will, come, will go yonder and worship. And what does he say? He said, and we will come back to you. Do you see how Abraham was thinking? I, I, I believe that Abraham thought that he was going to kill his son. That he was going to burn him up. And then somehow God was going to bring him back. See how he was speaking. He said, we will come back to you. We will come back to you. Yes. He didn't tell them what was going to happen. But he said, we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. Now, interestingly, a lot of us, sometimes when we look at this verse or this story, we might think that Isaac was a small boy. There's somewhere, I'm going somewhere with this. We might think Isaac was a small boy, but Isaac was not a small boy. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says that Abraham put the wood on Isaac and Isaac carried it up to the mountain. Now, Sarah gave birth to Isaac when she was 90. And the Bible records, I think, that she died around 127 years old. That's the difference of how much 37. Are you with me? 37. Now, in Hebrew times, when you wanted to win a child, that means you wanted to remove the child from the mother's breast, it was between 2 to 5 years old. If you put all those calculations together, Isaac was between 15 to 33. So Isaac was not a small boy. Why am I going, talking about this? Listen to the next one. He said, Isaac spoke to his father, said, my father. And he said, here I am. said, look, this is the fire and this is wood, but where is the lamp? Isaac was reasoning. He was saying, come, I've been through with this thing with you so many times. I've seen us, we have gone together to do burnt offering. And I'm seeing everything is, keep, is, is going according to plan, but something is missing, the lamp. Isaac was thinking. He was thinking. You know? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two went together. And they came to the place where God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And what's the next sentence? He bound his, Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. Now, I want to think, so if we said, that Isaac was between 15 to 33. Let's take an average. That means he was 20 years old. Let's just take an average. And then he puts his hands together like this. 
and Abraham tied his hands. Are you saying at that point in time, Isaac did not, did not have common sense to know what was going on? No way. I, do you really think that Isaac did not have common sense to know what was going on? But the Bible says, it does not record he struggled. He submitted. Why could he submit? Simple. It was his father. Intimacy. 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 Somebody say intimacy. He would only, two things in that part. For faith to have expression, you must have intimacy. Yes, God is your father. Jesus is your Lord. We come to church and it's great. There's the corporate anointing always in this church. But when you go back home, what happens? Are there times that God can speak with you and talk with you one-on-one? Are there times that God can tell you his heart and talk to you about a sinner and tell you that I need this person to be saved. I don't want him or her to go to hell. Are there times that God can show you somebody that does not have money and tell you that I need this person to be fed today? Intimacy. Isaac only trusted Abraham because of intimacy. Only. And he submitted himself. He could have struggled. See, Abraham was 100 years old at that time. Isaac was around 20. He could have struggled. He could have said, Nalayo, Mike, I shall not die but live to declare the glory of God. But he submitted himself. We need to learn to submit to the authority of God. My brother, we need to learn to submit to the authority of God. In every situation, every circumstance, there are two authorities trying to have lordship over you. The lordship, the authority of God or other authorities. We submit to the authority of God. Amen. About rounding up right now. I hope we receive something this evening. Finally, I just want to say, so we all know the story. At the end of the day, God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham and said, no. He said, now I know you fear me. Now I know that you are willing to trust me even to the point of the death of your beloved answer your dream. And the Bible says what? Well, the Bible says Abraham looked up and then saw a lamb. We've been speaking about it in church for so long. The now word, the rema. We need to hear God's rema. That's the way that I'm telling you how to walk by faith, how to function by faith. We need to hear the rema of God part time. And not only hear the rema of God, we need to be able to see. Look, we sing Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my the Lord is provider. God didn't call himself that. Read that passage again. Abraham called that place. He said, the place I saw, that's Jehovah, the Lord shall provide. Whatever you keep seeing will eventually be provided to you. Whatever you keep seeing will eventually be provided to you. Rounding up with, with, what, with Peter's story in the boat. The Bible says that Peter was in the boat with the other disciples. And then he saw Jesus. He said, Jesus, if, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. And he came. And the Bible says, he, he went at the word and began to walk on water. Next verse says what? And then he began to look at the waves. And then immediately he began to look at the waves. He began to sink. Whatever you see will be provided to you. What are you seeing? 
What are you seeing? Do you see yourself the healed of the Lord or you are seeing the symptoms? Do you see yourself when God said that, when the Bible said that, though he was rich, yet he became poor, that through his poverty, I might become rich, or you are seeing the bills? Do you see yourself that, oh, this is, what I, this is the kind of level I've reached in God and this is all that, I, that can happen to me? Or you see what the scripture says, that the path of the just shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. What are you seeing? But God and Jesus is so beautiful. Because when you have intimacy with God, even if per chance there's a mistake in what you are seeing, He'll come and save you. G, um, Peter was looking at the waves. He began to sink. But what, what did happen? What did, did Jesus say, you are seeing wrong waves? Me, I'm going to allow you to sink. No. He went and held him. The mercy of God will speak for you. The mercy of God will speak for you. Shall we rise to our feet? I want us to pray one prayer. I want us to pray one prayer. Father, and I want you to pray that prayer. Father, every part of me will walk by faith. Every part of me. What I receive, what I do, how I think will walk by, by faith. Can we start to pray that prayer right now? That faith is my life. I didn't ask for it. It was given to me when I received Jesus. I have supernatural faith. And every part of me works by faith. You can now start to pray that, Father, I submit to your word. I submit to your authority. I submit to what you have said concerning me and concerning everything about me. I don't look at myself and say, this is my character. No, I submit to you. I submit to you because this is part of my work of faith. This is part of my work of faith. You can say, Father, I make up my mind to get intimate with you to get intimate with you, to go beyond the times of just church service, and then to have you so that you can call me your friend. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.